Hey guys, welcome to Activism Uncensored with the Brown Activist, a series where we discuss activism from a Gen Z perspective. This season, hosts Prerna, Minakshi, and Meg will tackle all things activism in the South Asian community, from cultural awareness to stigmas. On today's podcast episode, the Brown Activist will take on culture in India versus the U.S., so all three of us have mainly grown up in the U.S., but Meg has actually spent some time in India. We thought it'd be interesting to hear his perspective about growing up in another country. So to give some background on myself, I originally lived in the United States until I was nine years old in third grade. And then my dad took a job in Chennai, India, and me and my parents moved there and we spent five years there. I spent four years in Chennai and I spent one year in another city called Hyderabad. And then right before ninth grade, I moved back to the US and now I go to a public high school in Frisco, Texas. So just getting started, we need to debunk some stereotypes. First, Texas isn't the land of the cowboys and India isn't a whole dumpster. Like it's a lot better than what the stereotypes say. So in Texas, you know, you have cities, you have bustling culture, and it isn't just a pile of hay rolling like you see in the cartoons. And in India, you have a lot of infrastructure and you have nice schooling, you have nice amenities, even though not all places are like that. It's still a lot better and the cities are pretty well developed, but not fully, but it's India. But the big thing for me when moving from cowboy land to India was the culture shock that I faced. I had to face a completely different language, one that wasn't even my mother tongue. There was so much like diversity in the United States that I didn't see in India because most people were Indian. Maybe some were from other areas in Asia. Like for example, I had a couple of friends who were Korean because they were expats from Korea who went to my school. But in general, uh, there were a lot of new faces, but it was just Indians in India. And trends were completely different when considering US and India. I noticed a lot of the time when I was living there from ages nine to 14, that whenever you see a trend in the United States, like I'd watch YouTube, I watch US YouTube, obviously, but I'd see those trends come in two to three years late in India. And I found that really cool that, you know, the transfer of cultures from US, UK to a place like India was just so different. And the trends themselves were different. You have people using different apps. So in the US, use Spotify. In India, use Apple Music as a fancier one or use Ghana, right? And beyond just trends, the entire city and the layout of cities in comparison to the US was also really different. Everything was like super far away from my house when I was living in India. I lived in a beach house in Chennai and everything was one and a half to two hours away. And every time I wanted to go to the mall and get some Krispy Kreme, I had to go on a one and a half hour drive to the mall and an hour and a half back. That was a lot of gas and it was painful for my driver who had to drive for three hours. We didn't have like my parents driving in India because it's normal culture to have a driver in India. But that was basically my life in India. It was really a huge culture shock. It was crazy. Trends are different. The societal structure is different. And 
even school, school's a big one that was completely different from US to India. I went to an international school in India just because fun fact, I can't speak any other language other than English. I do understand Telugu, my mother tongue, but I don't completely speak it. And when going to an international school where they speak in English, it was similar to US in the sense that they did speak the language I spoke, but the entire structure of schools was a lot similar to what you'd see in India normally, and they had complete differences, but I digress. So I'm betting that even like some normal activities would be really different too. For example, I've been to India a couple times visiting over the summer and I remember when when we do simple things like a walking across the street it would be like really chaotic and everything would just be crazy it's really busy all the time there and it's definitely not as calm like the streets there they're not as calm as how they are in America so I just want to hear about how your experience with those types of things were. Yeah, I have to agree about the walking on the street thing. It's pretty chaotic in India. So fun fact, uh, my cousin's house in Chennai was a minute away from the mall on walking distance. So instead of taking an auto there or taking my cousin's car, we used to walk there. And this was again, when I was nine to 14 and I couldn't walk on my own basically, especially when I just moved from somewhere that was really neatly structured in terms of the walking situation. So whenever I walked across the street and I had to walk across two streets that had no traffic lights at all. And my mom had to hold my hand the entire time. She had to watch out. We were looking both ways, like, every single direction on the compass you could find we're probably looking that way it was really hard to cross the road but you get used to it if you live there like my cousins were there their entire lives basically so they knew how to cross the road and go to the mall whenever they wanted but yeah it was really hard for me to cross the road that was just one thing out of many different norms in the U.S. in India that were completely different and another thing I wanted to talk about was actually leisure activities and Purna I'd like your input on this in terms of U.S. but in India people mostly hung out we didn't have like a lot of amenities in terms of like oh ice skating or fun things to do we mostly went to cafes took a lot of snapchat and instagram videos and then everyone went clubbing or at least in Hyderabad which is a fun fact it's like team clubbing where you'd get some sort of dj venue and then you'd host some sort of party there and then you'd have a hundred people come and then you went back home or you went to another cafe or restaurant for the 50th time that's all you did in India. So I'd like your input on what people do to hang out in the US. So the whole clubbing thing is pretty new to me. I did not know that was a concept in India. Um, and, the, you know, the cafe thing is also something that we do here as well. But I feel like that's more for te uh, teenagers, such as those in high school and not really in middle school. Um, and I would say that when it comes to like leisure activities or what we do for fun here, we, we would just mostly go to our friends' houses. I know at least for boys, they would just mainly play sports a lot. Um, but I don't think it would have been too different, I guess. Maybe the amount of strictness would have been different, but I think it would have been pretty similar to what you guys do there. Yeah, actually the US, I feel like parents, especially in Indian communities, are a lot more strict than in India. In India, you take your auto on your own and go, even if you're age 13, 14, you did whatever you wanted basically. At least in Hyderabad, that's where all the social scene was. So you had people going out every single day and partying. Well, not like drinking, cause we're underage of course, but partying. And then in Chennai, 
it was a lot less social scene, to be honest, even though I was a lot younger when I was in Chennai, but still it was mostly just, of course, hang out at people's houses. And you had apartment complexes in Chennai, especially where you just hang out with people who lived in your apartment complex. So yeah, that was basically kind of what you did for fun. It's really interesting to know the different leisure and social activities and how teenagers in India and the US are pretty similar. And regarding school life, I can't speak on private schools in America, but public school in America, the school system is elementary, middle and high school. And teachers were often like, you would have many different teachers in middle school and high, high school and in elementary school, you'd have one or maybe two teachers that taught you all, all the core classes. Um, there was no uniforms in public school and your appearance, you really just had to be modest, like maybe t-shirt, shorts were allowed, crops may be allowed. And the dress code was, it's in America, it's pretty like, you can bend it. Like there's not like strict dress code in America, if you think about it. And food, there's a lot more food options in high school. Like there's Mexican food, there's pizza, there's Italian food. And I'm, I want to know what it's like in India. Like what is the school structure and system like there? So in terms of school life, I have to say, it's the most contrasting thing I've seen from what we've talked about so far between US and India. I'm gonna be focusing on my school life in Chennai because in Hyderabad, my school structure was a lot similar to the US. So I wanna take my time talking about what was most contrasting and also the place I spent most of my time, which was Chennai. And I went to an international school in Chennai and how school worked there, you would just stay in one class the entire time while teachers switched into your class, you wouldn't really move out. And the teachers were all teaching one subject. And I know here you have a lot of coaches teaching, you know, their athletic subject and the class they're intended to teach. And you see that a lot of times with teachers teaching multiple subjects. Well, in Chennai, you had the teacher teaching one subject, but they taught multiple grades. I had the same teacher for four grades, honestly, because I took French from fourth to seventh grade and I had the same teacher the entire time. And yeah, it's a K through 12 school. So oftentimes you would see teachers continuously for multiple years beyond just, you know, what you'd see in a high school range or middle school range. And we had very strict rules on appearance. Modesty was so important to my school in Chennai. We had uniforms, we had to wear khakis and this like yellow polo shirt. It was really gross in my opinion, but it was something we wore. At least we didn't have to wear a skirt, which is a good thing. You were not allowed to have long nails. You had to cut them short where you couldn't even see the white part of your nail. You had to keep your hair in a ponytail or in a braid, and you can only let it down if you had hair to your ears. If you had it longer than your ears as a girl, you had to put it up in some way or form. You weren't allowed to wear makeup. You weren't allowed to dye your hair. You had to follow the uniform in terms of your shoes as well. You weren't allowed to wear accessories unless you hid them really well. You weren't allowed to wear big earrings and that's basically all of the appearance things I could think of, but there are certainly more and I could list a lot of them if I had the time to list them, but I digress. The appearance in schools was something that was very strict to the teachers, but in terms of other things in school, let's move on. Food, it was similar to how it worked in US. You have a cafeteria in US and we had a canteen in my school in India where we used to get our own money um, we used to put it in little coin pouches and then you went to the 
whole zoo that was the line for the canteen. There was no line in cafeterias here. You see the lines divided by ropes and you have the different areas. No, it was a sandy place right next to the playground. There's a little like shack, basically. It was a shack and you had like 30 people like pushing each other and they're like, Anna, Anna, I want food. Anna, please give it to me. And everyone's yelling. And then you're like, oh my God, it's a whole chaotic zoo, the canteen. But that was how food worked in my school. But most people just brought it from home because you can clearly see that the canteen is somewhere you don't want to be. But that's how school life was. You know, it was pretty academic. You didn't see a lot of clubs or anything, but I wanted to talk to you, Manakshi, about how like curriculum was in U.S. versus India and Prana too. How do you guys think that curriculum was in the U.S.? You know, what you said about the Indian school system is really interesting because we have totally different ideas of homeroom, like in America. Homeroom is just one small period where you take attendance, um, kind of check in on like the teacher checks in on you and then you go about your day with your other classes and the whole cafeteria thing America isn't nearly as chaotic when it comes to the cafeteria lines because there's separate distinct lines and there's like an orderly fashion and also dress code so many people in America like they shit on the dress code here saying oh it's so strict the spaghetti straps I can't wear crop tops I can't you know dye my hair and I think that's so interesting because in other um, countries like India, like Meg said, there's such strict dress codes and all that. Um, and also, like when we talk about um, the curriculum, I want to say that American studies and all that is much easier. And I feel like Americans just perceive it as harder. Um, I, I agree with you in the sense that school in America is perceived to be harder by Americans when in reality it might not be that hard when other people look at it but I wouldn't say it's the curriculum that's hard I would say that it's the structure that's hard because at least in India as far as I um, know there isn't that much of an emphasis on extracurriculars like how it is here you know, in here, at least in high school, you have to wor- uh, worry about getting good grades in school. And then you also have to think about all the clubs you're joining and whether or not you hold leadership positions. And if you're getting an internship or running a nonprofit, things like that. Those are just seem to be like bigger concerns in America. I don't know if that's the case in India, but at least as far as I know, there's a lot more emphasis on well-roundedness in terms of everything and not just academics. Definitely agreed with you there, Prana. In India, you have a lot more focus on academics and competitions rather than, you know, the whole roundedness of the individual when concerning college. College is something that's important to people in India or U.S. nonetheless, but exams are really vital to people in India. So let's say that an AP exam, a single AP exam decided your entire acceptance or denial into college. It's like that in India where you have these exams called board examinations where you take those in late high school, like 12th grade and the marks you get on those board examinations determines your spots in universities where if you do really good in your board examinations, you can get into really good colleges and they also place good importance on competitions where you get on like math olympiad you have the different olympiads you have competitions for sports and whatnot they place a lot of value on your place 
and your place in academics rather than the whole rounded person. It's interesting to know that in India, there's only one huge exam that decides their admission, while in America, there's so many factors like curriculum, scores, grades, SAT. And moving on, can we talk about the modesty differences in the U.S. and in um, India? Oh, yeah, I definitely have stuff to say about that, especially like going back to India over the summer. I've noticed that whenever I'm packing for stuff, my parents will tell me not to pack certain things outfits because they're considered revealing um like for example like whenever we'd go to my parents hometown I would often be told like you know don't pack like really short shorts because you know that's not considered to be that good there like you'll it's not common and it's not considered to be normal in society I guess at that point but whenever I go to the city I see you know girls like dressing the way that we do here And I remember I was at a mall one time in India and I saw a girl wearing a crop top and shorts and I was like, wait, they wear that kind of stuff in India? I thought like they were really strict about the dress code and what's considered okay. So I have a weird take on the dress code topic. If you go out to a public place, to a mall, to a restaurant, I wore shorts once and I got a lot of weird stares, especially from people from the older generations. But if you go clubbing, like those people in Hyderabad that I was talking about, you're fine in what you wear. I see a lot of people in the social scene wearing crop tops, who knows what. And you don't even Indian clothes to a point. A lot of them are really revealing because you do have those like saris where you have a revealing midriff, whatnot. Clothes can be fine. It just depends on who you're wearing it in front of. If you're wearing modern Western clothes that it's like a tube top, and booty shorts, you might not be accepted socially if you go out to the mall or to a place to eat. But if you go to a friend's house or if you go, some are pretty private, people wear whatever they want. I've seen multiple pictures of people I know in their late teens wearing whatever they want in their private spaces where no one would judge them. But especially when you talk about the audience of who's gonna see what you're wearing, especially in places where there's a high population of older people, or like if you go to your hometown village, for example, if you went from you know US to your hometown village and you wore something pretty revealing, it would be judged and you'd probably have to wear something pretty modest, like skinny jeans and a long sleeve t-shirt, for example. So that's why, even when I lived in India, I didn't wear shorts often because I didn't like the stares I got, but I think it's fine if you wear whatever you want as a kid. It's just that once you start getting to your teens and your late teens, that's when you probably have to think about what you're wearing. So would you say that it's just a societal, um, I guess, reaction that's probably the biggest in here? So look, I've noticed that a lot of parents here even in America, they'll, they're kind of strict about what their kids wear. They won't, they don't like it when their kids wear something like really revealing, or they won't like it if their kids wear crop tops. Are parents the same way in India, or are they a bit more progressive in that sense? I'd like to say that people here are more progressive, but in general, I'd like to say this is similarity between U.S. and India. If you have an Indian community, it's likely that you're probably going to have parents who want you to dress more modestly. I don't think it's progressive in US or in India because I know many families here, including my family, that doesn't allow me to wear pretty risky clothing of any sorts and same in India. But if you see 
people who aren't in Indian communities, for example, they're probably going to have like looser clothing restrictions on them in that sense. And speaking of things that are taboo, especially um, since I'm a menstrual equity activist, uh, I talk about addressing period stigma a lot. I wanted to ask about the differences between period stigma in the United States versus in India. I know that I was pretty shocked to learn that like stigma still exists in the United States because it's a country that's considered so advanced, but it's still there. And I realized that in a lot of cases, like girls will be embarrassed of hearing the pa uh, pads of uh, papers crinkling in the bathrooms because they don't want anyone to hear that, even though we all go through the same process. So I just wanted to ask, how is it in India? Yeah, I'd like to say it's a lot more hush-hush in India. And you can say that potentially the media is a big influence on that. You do have ads for tampons and such in India, but honestly, I didn't even get educated on what a period was until I was 13 because I got mine pretty late. But in general, you it was a lot more hush-hush. You had to be really careful when asking people for period products. I once was at badminton practice and I got my period and I couldn't ask anyone because all the instructors were boys. And that's such a big taboo asking a guy hey, can I have a period product? I mean, even here it's fine, but I guess like you can't even say anything like that in front of a guy in India. I feel like here, if you asked a teacher and there was guys in the room and they happen to hear, I don't think it's that big of a problem, but over there, super hush-hush. And I remember we had to have super secret conversations about periods, me and my friends. And it was really weird when I asked my mom about all this stuff, just because we were in India and the social situation called for it being hush-hush. So. so even when you're talking to girls, is it the same way or is it a little different? Even in terms of girls talking with girls, you do see that often in India where it's a lot of hush hush and giggles between girls in private spaces, such as a bathroom or a place where no one is watching you. But you don't see anything as organized as menstrual equity activism things that me and Prana are doing in the US, you won't see that in India. And this is because it's just not proper etiquette to talk about periods so openly beyond just a tampon or pad commercial. So I'm assuming because of what you said, casual talks like that aren't pretty common, right? So you know how in the US, um, casual talk and small talk is so huge. Like if you're purchasing something, it's so common that the cashier would be like, hey, how's your day? Um, are you doing well? And like, that's how the culture is here. And even walking down the street, you're often gonna talk to your neighbors or just simply say hi to the person walking by with their dog. Um, I just wanna know like, how is like casual and small talk there in India? Because I know you mentioned like, you guys don't talk about periods openly. I wanna know like, in general, like, how is it like there? In terms of talking and talking to people you do not know, it's a lot more hostile in terms of small talk. You're not going to be making small talk with your auto driver. And you're not going to say, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? To your cashier at Starbucks there. It's a lot better now where if you maybe said, how are you, they'd respond, but it's not as structured as it is in the US where it's literally manners to say these things 
and be polite about it. When you're running down the street, taking a nice jog over here, you'd probably say good morning to someone and you'd say good morning back, you know? It'll be a nice conversation, but over there, you don't see any talking between strangers. It's a lot of hostile environment. But again, you probably see that because there's so many people and it's just not something you're taught in school or it's not something that you normally see in society. So of course people don't follow that, right? Is it the whole like keep to yourself, uh, you keep to yourself, I keep to myself. It's, is it like that over there? That's generally how it is, unless you're in the same social circle as someone, you mostly keep to yourself. But if there is ever a chance to actually get to know someone in a party genuinely or at a function like a wedding, you would talk to them. But strangers on the street, no. But in terms of talking to people, addressing people is another big thing I just wanted to quickly mention before we move on. You have a lot of emphasis on respect, and this is similar in Indian communities in the US and in India itself. But when talking about in general, you would respect people in the US by saying, oh, good morning, or addressing them by Mr. or Mrs. And in Indian communities, you have specific titles for people. If you're addressing, you know, your grandma, you say like, in your respective dialogue, you know, like Amama or whatever you would say in your culture. I say Amama in my culture, but you have those addresses. You address someone older to you as Akka or Didi, and you have these different names. But in India, especially, I want to talk about teachers really quickly. You have roughly the same thing in terms of naming system and how you address people like auntie, Akka, Anna, etc., depending on the culture. But with teachers, there's a really big thing that I want to talk about. You would call your teacher ma'am, first of all. You would never call them miss last name. You call them first name and then you'd end with ma'am. So example, I had a teacher called Matilda ma'am back in Chennai. And how you'd address your teachers when they come into the classroom, you would sing this really fun song whenever they entered and you'd stand up. Every single kid would stand up and they'd, they'd sing this, good morning ma'am. And then when they left, it would be like, thank you, have a nice day. And it was like, a singing thing. I don't know what that was in Chennai. That was a weird culture, but that was a thing. Maybe it's out of respect. I'm not sure, but that happened and it was really different. Again, culture shock thing. You know, I was thinking about that because I know my dad when he and my, my mom and dad, when they used to live in India and grew up and studied there, they also had the similar, like everyone stand up and say, good morning, ma'am. And then when they leave class, it'd be like, thank you, ma'am. And they all stand up and sit down. I find that really interesting because it shows the different levels of respect. I know in America, no one ad addresses their teachers like that. It's always like, hey, how are you? You don't even say like, you don't like, I know people say good morning, but the the same level of respect isn't in America like you see in India. Also, I just want to ask specifically to you guys, because I know you guys moved from different states and different countries. Personally, I haven't that much, but I want to know, is it like different or like, how is your experiences with that? I mean, I know at least for me, when I moved, um, you know, a little more than two years ago to North Carolina, it was it was kind of hard on me because I was moving during high school and I already had my friend circle and we kind of had our whole lives there in Frisco. Um, so it was a little bit harder on me because I was moving at like a point where I was already kind of settled, you know, but I betting it would have been completely different if I had moved to like India or something because, you know, that's completely different. It is different. 
I moved in the third grade when I was nine. I'd lived my entire life in the US. I was even born here. And suddenly to move to India, biggest culture shock of your life. You know, I bet it was the same for you, Perna, when moving from Texas to North Carolina, not in the sense of culture shock, but in the sense of, oh, I have to deal with a new friends, a new high school system, and just new life surrounding you. But for me, I had to deal with new faces, new languages, new identities, new cultural stigmas, new ways of addressing people, new social etiquette skills. It was an insane culture shock. And to do that while I was still young and learning how to perceive the world was insane. And it was a huge culture shock to me. So I think there was a really big difference between moving to a state beyond what your state is and moving to a different country and that's just my opinion on that and additionally like I don't really know my um, mother tongue really well either and I don't know Hindi so it would have been a lot harder for a person like me to move to India when the only language you know is English and if I wasn't moving uh to a school like an international school where it's common for people to speak English it would have been a lot harder for me to adjust um, for me, actually, because I know my mother tongue well, despite only living in India for the first year of my life and moving to America um, ever since, I would actually, I don't think I'd have a hard time living in India because I know the language, I can read it, speak it, and I can communicate with people there. I think, I don't know, I, I would find it easier moving to India than moving from a different state in um, America because I'm familiar with the Indian culture been not that familiar with let's say like New York culture. New York culture is something that Texas people would probably never understand even if they lived there for multiple years. On the subject of language, fun fact, the only language I can speak is English and I do understand my mother tongue Telugu but I never properly learned to speak it because of circumstances in the U.S. but not knowing any language, any Indian language moving to India was honestly my worst experience in India. I lived in Chennai where my mother tongue wasn't even spoken. It was Tamil, a completely different language unknown to me. And I had to deal with communication barriers where I had to have a translator every single time I went out. International school is fine. I do speak English and everyone else, my friends speak English normally to their parents as well. But in general, outside life is really hard when you don't know the language and I had to rely on my driver often whenever I went out but luckily I went out with you know parental supervision and the supervision of my driver if I went on my own like I do normally in the U.S. going to Andes for example it would be a lot harder to communicate with people and with that we wrap up our episode for today. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Brown Activist and on Twitter at Brown Activist underscore. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode.